You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Hemi76 bringing us into episode number 101 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris. Here are my guys, J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yeah, and I know what everyone's ready to talk about. I know you guys are ready to talk about the Game 7s that are going on between Miami, uh, Milwaukee and Boston and Dallas and Phoenix. But we have to start with the obvious, the elephant in the room, as you would say. Um, the Sixers uh, fall on their face again at home in the playoffs in the second round. And... I, you know, it's always the same old stuff. You know, we're not mentally tough enough. We're not this. We're not that. Who do we blame now? Because you can't blame Ben Simmons. And he's out here liking things about how he's going to make the Sixers feel foolish. And Jimmy Butler's out here talking about Tobias Harris over me. So, you know, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Jared, what happened? Um, what do you mean what happened? You got to be more specific. Why why are we back in the same predicament that we were last year? Um obviously it's a mental toughness for the Sixers. Like we talk about how there's always like the injuries that have derailed Embiid's career. Harden still was probably hurt. I don't like I, I I'm gonna make the ass the assumption, which I hate doing, but I'm gonna say that the hamstring was still limited. Mind you, he's coming in out of shape for us because he was doing that pettiness with the Rockets and with the Nets a little bit. So in basketball, being not like unconditioned, like if you're not at 100% optimally, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do in the court, especially when it comes to the NBA. You have to be conditioned because you're, it's, a, it's a very egregious sport where you're going up and down the court. You have to do offense and defense. But besides, those are just all excuses when it comes down to the main point. The Sixers weren't tough enough. I understand that we – didn't have the roster once you made the James Harden trade. I understand that, you know, the bench was lackluster. Doc doesn't like playing young guys anyway. We've seen that. Shake barely got burned until about the second series, which he could have easily played him throughout the regular season as well, but he barely got burned. Paul Reed didn't get a look until the playoffs, which kind of like, it kind of derailed the Sixers a little bit, knowing that Paul Reed should have been the majority backup immediately after you trade Andre Drummond and Seth Curry away because then it gives him the reps and the runs you need to help build him towards the playoffs where he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows what's going to get called, who foul baits and stuff like that. You, you understand those nuances of the game. Whereas when you get thrust into a playoff atmosphere, it's scrutinized even heavier. That microscope gets that, or magnifying glass gets even larger, even smaller, where they're going to look, they're going to look at you even deeper. And he has to like, everything's going to be criticized for him. Probably I thought played well, but it's more like, we didn't have anybody that really was just going to get that dog mentality and really just step up when you needed to. If, you, if like if somebody's shoulders were shrugged, that you need that one person that's going to be like, yo, fix your attitude. We don't have that on our bench. We don't have that. Tobias kind of went into it a little bit in the press. They're talking about some they're, they're, the Sixers need a, temp, uh, a mental touch-up where it comes to their toughness. But I don't, I, I didn't really appreciate him saying as much, knowing that he's the same. He, he's he, he does he's not mentally tough either. Like the dude when um. Things get hard for him. He, or he's missing shots. He's 
falls into a slump and disappears on the court. So, yeah, but I don't think that's mentally. I think that's just physical, just ability. I don't think that's he takes the shot. Like I don't think he's scared. Of take, the shot. But you could see the emotion. I think for him, he's talking about the emotions around each shot that you take. Are, are you really fully engaged? How, how many, in, how many that whole roster is not engaged. But how many times do I have? Do I say about Tobias and Hemi seventy six and I have conversations and we talk about the famous momentum killing Tobias missed three. How many times have you seen that? Something happens, something amazing happens. They swing the ball. Tobias gets the ball in the corner. Roof is ready to explode on the building. Clank, he misses it. How many times do we come up short? He's around the he's around the basket doing left-hand push shots and clanking. How many times do we have to have this same conversation with this team where they that's don't it. have a men- they don't have that's, mental toughness? It's, it's, it's the fact that those shots continue to linger with him, that you can see it affecting him where he gets, like shrugs down and gets like dejected. And that's the type of mental that we need. God, we, we need somebody that's just get into your chest and be like, oh, tough enough. Let's work at it. We're Harden, Harden's issue was just Harden's who's this? Who's this magical guy? Because they had the guy. And they chose the 6'10 yeah, Australian. Yeah, we had the guy. They, we had, had the guy. They, they chose the 6'10 Australian. All right, let me, let me address the Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris over me thing. That's not true, okay? Jimmy Butler went on J.J. Reddick's podcast and said within three weeks of being with the Sixers, he knew he wasn't going to be there because of how they codified Ben Simmons. And he wasn't Brett Brown person. didn't know what he yeah. was doing. Jimmy Butler said he wasn't going to be. But he also said in the podcast he would have stayed if they gave him the, if they had originally they immediately offered him that max, he would have stayed. Okay, and I understand. Did. Okay, I understand that. And that's a failure on Elton Brand. Okay. Yeah. That's a failure on Elton Brand, Brett Brown, and Ben Simmons. Two out of the three are not there, okay? Elton's there, but Elton's not really there. You know, Elton's Elton's there. He's the number two now. He's he's there in name only. He's not calling the shots, okay? But I think this is bigger than Elton Brand. This is bigger than Brett Brown. This is even bigger than Ben Simmons. This is bigger than NB. This is bigger than everyone. This boils down to ownership. Josh Harris has owned this team for 12 years. And for 12 years, this team has been in a repetitive cycle of mediocre and then just terrible, okay? They have not been past the second round since 2001. They went to seven games with Boston in 2012. That's the night Rondo scored 50 on them. And and when they had Elton, uh, uh, Elton Brand and Spencer Hawes and Evan Turner, the year they the, the year after uh, D Rose tore his knee up, that playoff series. All right, they won the first round and they lost in seven. After that, that's the furthest they've been. They got the seven to Atlanta. They got seven to uh, Raptors. The Raptors. They got the six, six. They got the six to to uh, six to Miami. Five to Boston and then five to Boston and got swept by Boston. Swept by Boston. Yeah. So they have not been any further. Than 2012. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anything that anyone else has done. Okay, I, we can talk about Mikael Bridges getting traded. We can talk oh, about yeah. Zaire Smith not ever touching the floor. We can talk about Jaden Springer not getting ticked. We can talk about Maxi and Thibault and everybody else. We can talk about everything, but it boils down to Josh Harris, and he's allowed this continual just upheaval of nonsense year after year after year after year, and no one ever talks about this. If he Okay, I get it. He might not be as hands-on as the rest of the owners, uh, big-name owners, but he's the one who's, you know, threatening to move the team to Camden, and he's the one who's threatening to do this, and he's the one who – 
I don't want to hear none of that garbage, okay? This this starts from the top. Leadership starts from the top. And everyone wants to blame Joel Embiid, which he needs to take some of the blame, okay? Danny Green's comments last night about, you know, when things get rough, we don't need to get, we shouldn't get to get blown out to refocus. That's either an indictment on Doc or indictment on Embiid. And I think both of them need to eat that. Yeah. But Daryl has no, there's no bench. <laughs> there's like nothing. And they need, so here's my question, right? Because I could talk, I could go on forever about how this falls on ownership. Who do they go get? Because they need to make a change on this roster. They can't run it back. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. You, you don't even have the tools to run it back with this uh this this bench. So who it. so Jerry, I'm gonna ask you as a Sixers fan, who's going? Realistically, because everybody wants to say Tob first, and I don't think nobody's taking the contract. So I think there's teams that are taking Tobias contract. I don't I, I, I don't I have I have plenty of teams I can give you now that'll probably take Ooh. him. Pacers, Mavs, Jazz. What are you getting from the Pacers? You're getting just role players. I mean, what do you think you're really getting for Tobias besides maybe? A, yeah, but they they can't they can't just trade Tobias and get. You get big. It's, like, it's, it's not scraps. Let's, let's be honest. Who do the Pacers have? I like TJ Warren. I like O'Shea. TJ Warren. You, first off, you make it seem like TJ Warren didn't cook us in the bubble. Give us everybody like, cooked in the bubble. But he cooked us. Everybody cooks us. I like Malcolm Brogdon. I like TJ Warren. Because you know they're moving off of Malcolm Brogdon now with Tyrese Halliburton as the, at the helm. I like Buddy Hill still. Buddy Hill's probably getting moved again, let's be honest. Okay. We need the shoot. I don't think the money matches. Like they if, need you the put, if you put uh, Warren with healed. Well, why would the Pacers that, make that move? Because you're still, they're trying to get relevancy. You get Tyrese Halliburton. You do Miles Turner and Tobias. That gives you poise to make push for a playoff because it's not like you can't. Tobias is still a guy that's going to give you 16 and what, six, seven? He's a, he's a good rebounding guy. He shoots at a consistent, efficient rate. He's not like inefficient except for the time where Chris talked about the big moments he doesn't hit the corner three. But throughout the games, he's efficient enough and he needs him. He, he's not, he hits his free throws before he hits a game. So it's not, that's what Tyrese Halliburton can really use for himself because he doesn't have anybody else as a secondary ball handler because Malcolm Brogdon stays hurt. But if the Sixers were to make that push, you're not making Malcolm Brogdon a ball hander. You're making him another three and D shooter next to Harden because that's what you're now trying to put next to Embiid and Harden. Okay, so but besides that, you you said let's not even talk about Tobias because I mean it's up for grabs. Really happens to Tobias. I think that's more of a, an Embiid James Harden decision. I'm, I'm just more. I'm just saying what because they like, talk about this Bill thing. I gave I got like eight names now, and I think I sent you something earlier. I was like that didn't even consider him because I didn't know if he was available or not. But number one on the list that they're talking about Sixers. Looked at targets like immediately looked at targets. No, 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 no. no. I know where you're going. No, no, no. I'm saying who's on this roster now that that will not be here. Down to drain. He's gone. Yes. Paul Millsap <laughs> gone. Paul Millsap's gone. I'm gonna be relatively honest with you. I think Shake's gone. I think Shake and Cork Monster both gone. I think both of them gone. And I'm gonna be real with you. If he's not going by the beginning of the season, he'll be going by the trade deadline. That's Matisse Thibel. Yeah, I think Thibel's gone. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Danny stays only because of the injury, but he's more likely not going to be on the roster for long. Maybe. I don't think Dan, I think Danny. I think Danny's done, obviously. Yeah. So then, if he's done, you figure out where you recoup that. Here's, here's, that's so. where that's where I'm I'm concerned about the likelihood of Thibault moving because you can 
they what they did a lot of it was they slid Matisse into Danny's spot. So Danny's not yeah, going to be they, were, they rotated out as like the starters. I think I think Matisse will play next I year. I think now is this that's why I said if not by the start of the season, it's gonna be by the trade deadline because you now have this entire offseason. Mind you, there's no Olympics, you know what I'm saying? Where the last offseason, I literally got to meet Matisse Type and we had a whole we got to talk me when I went to LA because he was flying to Australia to go compete in the Olympics for the basketball. He's not, there's not, there's none of that this summer. So now he has the entire summer to really work on his game and work on what that one thing that we need him to be is a just catch and shoot. Shoot. That's really it. So now in theory, you have the entire off season to work on your game. I don't care where you go around the world. I don't care what you do, but when you do that workout, you're going to be working on your shooting. So when you come into the season, it should be more consistency. At least you're willing to attempt more shots. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing I've always said about Bible is, He'll take the open three, whether he makes it or not. See, but then again, we'll cross that, and, and before it was, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, now we're, at, there. we're at the we're at the now we're there. And I, I, it's not even just that he'll take it. He doesn't take enough for me. I know because I know when we when last season when we was a Ben or whatever. I saw Matisse like four threes in the game. It was like he was like four for nine. He hasn't. I don't think he's taken four threes in a game since then. So he'll take the two to three, but we need four to five, and I need to see consistency. So that's what's going to happen. That's what I said, trade deadline. Will, will, will his, will his volume go be. up because, um, because Green is not there? Yes, which is why that's another thing. With Green not there, Matisse, Matisse already has high value. That dude is going to be all-team second defense again this year. His value is already there. Moore can get something for Matisse. I don't know what yet. I feel like you could easily fight for a first if you really wanted to, but you can get something for Matisse. Now, when it comes to guys that are staying, I think Yang stays. I think he needs to lose some weight. I'm not trying to fashion him or anything, but it's hard to really maintain yourself in this league as a chubby guy. Harden's going to have to figure – he's figured that out. Lowry's figured that out where Lowry goes from being one of the fattest dudes during half the season to the skinniest guy I've ever seen come playoff time. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but the going to need to lose some weight. But I think he, the knee injury derailed him a little bit, but he was a very good spark plug piece for us. I think Paul Reed's going to stay. Absolutely. Maxie stays. Like, all these guys stay. Harden, I think – if I'm James Harden, Chris, and not even from James, if I'm more in James Harden, if I'm more, I'm convinced that Harden to pick up the option. Why? Because if you're Harden, that might be the most money you make after the at, for the rest of your career after the season. That 47.9, 48.8, that might be the most he makes. Because I know teams are going to still want to pay him, but you're not going to make up the 50 million if you play like this again this season. Now, I know you, we get the whole offseason to get in shape. He might come back a different player. But if he doesn't, he comes like the same player. That him pick up the option is the, the best thing for the Sixers and for him because he gets his money. Now have more longevity to get up free agents. Because if we give him an extension, that money's out the window because you can't. We're already going to have three guys making forty million going into next season if you do keep Tobias. Because here's the thing, right? You have no flexibility if you keep Tobias. Like I get moving Tobias. Yeah, we're right I'm, now we're, I'm, only, we're I'm, minimum. I'm not. I'm team. not not in favor of moving to bias. I understand that moving to bias is a necessary evil to, to increase your flexibility on this roster, but they have no bench. That's why they bench. have no depth. Nope. They need, they have him. they have pieces they need to fill. So, Jared, I've always said, you know who I want on the Sixers roster next year. And I see he's available, and you know who you know who I want. It was it would, check, it would check off. The biggest box that everyone has talked about after the end of this series, which is mental toughness. So what do we want to be saying this presser? Chris, he mentioned it. And, you, and, 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 and just, just think about it for a second. Let's say they keep Thibault. You put this guy next to Thibault, 
yeah, you might be playing 305 on, on offense, but if you got MB, Harden, and Maxi, you can afford to play 305 for a little bit. Jared, I'm talking about Mr. Playing Game himself, Patrick Beverly. I like it. I like it. I mean, we think talked about, about it. it. I think like we we, got, we have seen some. We mentioned him before. We were one of the trade. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. He's annoying as hell. Physical. Will talk trash to you. Who does that sound like a perfect fit being in? Sounds like Philly to me. And plus, the whole world hates him. <laughs> that last part was needed. Okay. The whole world hates Pat Bev. Stop it. But no, I don't You put Pat Bev and Embiid on the same floor. Come That's on, that dog. Now. You need to because Embiid talks about his pressing. That, that dog you need. As as Coach Sirianni would say, he's got that dog mentality. Yeah, okay. no, he has what we need. I think Pat Bev would be a great fit. I didn't even know he would be available. I'd still kind of like a little. I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota's blowing that thing up, man. I don't think that's sustainable. So if they do that, I would go. I mean, Pat Bev's played with Harden before. He knows what Harden's game is like. He understands how to play next to Harden. Understand that he's gonna catch a shoot and play pro- prolific defense because that's what he's good for. I think he'd help bolster the energy in the room. Also played under Doc Rivers. Under, he's played under Doc. He bolstered the energy in that room. And that locker room would change completely where it's not like you'll see Doc trying you don't, you don't to have, rev up the so here, team. Here's, here's, the team. here's where Pat Bev will come in. You know, you remember in game, was either game four? Was either game three or four where P.J. Tucker is doing his nonsense? And, and George Niang has to come up. Niang, who I think will be back next year. Niang yes, has to come up and be the enforcer. That's not him. That's not him. I don't think that's him. But I know who that is. Patrick Beverly. You could, I could just see Pat Bev coming off the bench, cheesing, smiling, and ready to fight somebody. The Sixers need guys who are ready to fight. Yeah, we need now, that dog think, now, I'm not saying they don't got guys who's, who will fight. I'm saying they need guys who are ready to fight. And if you know that, you, Jerry, you know there's a difference between guys who, who will fight and who are ready to fight. Yeah, no. Um, Pat Bev is ready to fight. He's he's the Jimmy Butler personality without the Jimmy Butler talent. That's the best way I can really describe it for an Embiid tile player, a guy that's gonna talk and, into you like he's got gonna, like Jimmy Embiid doesn't mince his words. He's gonna be straight to the point. That's what you want, like that kind of our thing. podcast. He's gonna be straight to the point with you. Embiid needs somebody who to to challenge him. He cannot. He can be top dog, but he can't be unchecked. Because it's not Harden. Harden's not that guy. Harden's a, a chill dude. He only gets mad when like things aren't really going his way. And we he only gets mad when Chris Paul's in his way. So again, it's like we need that dog. But there's other guys I like too. I think I've, I've talked to other people. Dante DiVincenzo's on the list of guys I want. Like these are three and D players. I'm like, yo, add the like we need a backup big. Hopefully, Andre Drummond is coming back. But you know, we did trade him. So Demarcus Cousins on my list. Seth on my list. Seth is now he has another year in his contract. He, we're, we're out on him. Get, get, you know he you know he don't want to be there. But he, you know he trade. don't want to be you there. Have to trade for him. With, I think with Mr. Back we, Surgery, we can't trade for him again. Unfortunately, of course not. Yeah, of course not. Um, I like I like Doctor Nintendo. Dennis Schroeder's on my list because a backup point guard is the first thing I think we should really focus on. So, Jared, here's my question to you now, right? Because a lot of people were saying Sixers lost to Harden. Sixers lost to Harden Simmons trade. No. Do you think the Sixers lost to Harden Simmons trade? No, you can't. I, I, if anything, they're both losses. Oh, excuse me. They're both losses. Ah, thanks. <laughs> I <laughs> may or may not remember to, to edit that one out. If we're being honest, they're both losses. Like, oh, God, it's been bad. Like, one didn't play the entire year. And then had back surgery. 
the, and then went to recoup the money, had a back surgery. I don't even know if like what do we see him shooting and dunking? First of all, first of all, I just want I just want to put that out there that if we compare stats, right? Me, you, and Ben Simmons all had the same amount of stats this year, but Ben Simmons is trying to make his trying to get his money. I ain't get paid nothing. So I'm, I'm not even going to get into all the nuances. I'm going to follow a report with the NBA, too. Hope, hopefully his back is good, but he'll be back next season. He's going to be better than ever, especially with Katie and Kyrie. Yeah, because there ain't no pressure on him. But Harden, look at what Harden did when he came to Sixers. He played good for us. He opened the floor so much for Embiid, where Embiid, looked, Embiid was the only player this season to have a 40-point, 40-point, 20-rebound game. That, that's because it's like that we don't talk about certain things like that because it then shows like, Oh man, and B could do that with he wasn't doing that without Harden because the floor spacing just wasn't there. Teams like there that was a game where B just was able to dominate the glass and wasn't getting doubled as much. Things like that happened. So I mean, we do need a better version of Harden. We need game four Harden if that's even possible. If we can even get that, but I think right now the trade still at a, it's still at a stalemate of a lose lose because yeah we made it to the semis, but they also got swept. But no they, Ben yeah, they Simmons, got swept. No ben Simmons played. So again, it's like. Chris, this is what I told you. I think I, I, we have receipts from the other podcasts. I said it before, trading for Harden, I, I like the idea. I think we was going to get him. Now, when we got him, I said, man, this is going to hurt our credibility. I said this. I said, when we get Harden, come by. If we got Harden at the trade deadline, it was going to hurt us. It was going to hurt him beat MVP candidacy. And I said, what it was also going to do, it was going to put us in the conversation like, yo, they should go to the car finals and win a ring. And I'm like, that's they not going to happen. They it wasn't going to happen. Conference finals, I could have seen, and I thought that we still had a relatively good shot at it, but we weren't going to the final. When you get a player like Harden in the middle of the season, Chris, what do, you, what do you have to do to acquire him? You have to give up acquisition. You have to give up talent. We gave up literally the bench to acquire yep. James Harden. So what do you then do? Try and find players that, that you have through the G League or through reserves to free, or through buyout, that, a buyout market that didn't happen this year, by the way, because Deion Durant was our buyout. Like, come on. So, like, what do you, you don't, we didn't get what we really needed to kind of build that championship team up. So, now what I said was, if you got in the offseason, which I thought that trade was going to happen, that wasn't going to play the year anyway. Now, Harden comes into a training camp to be conditioned. He comes into a full offseason of conditioning, of working out and, you know, going into the year with Doc and Embiid. And now he still has opportunity. You go into the year with Doc and Embiid, hopefully, picks with the option. The thing is, and you build on that. That's what you build on. Also, yes, but on the flip side, I get everything about Simmons, right? I get the whole thing about long-term Brooklyn might win it. Brooklyn might win this trade. But Brooklyn still has has challenges with Kyrie Irving's availability, whether or not they want him in the building long-term. Ben Simmons supposedly rubbing people the wrong way as a net. Kevin Durant, who may or may not want to be in Brooklyn, passed his contract. So it's not – if. Let's say that the six. Let's say the Sixers don't win anything with Harden and Embiid. Let's say they are a fifty-win team. They might make it to a conference finals. They might make it. You know, they might make it past the second round. They might not. I still think they won this trade because they had no choice but to get off Simmons. Okay, they had no choice but to move Simmons. They got the best possible player at the time for Simmons. They did not settle for. You know, as much as I like, I banged this table and I talked about Tyrese Halliburton. They didn't settle for Halliburton and Hill. They went out and got James Harden, a top 75 player of all time. Great facilitator still. May not be as, you know, he's not as explosive as he was in Houston. Not the same player. Understand that. 
But how much did injury play a role in it? How much did all these other factors, whatever the case may be, I'm not, you know, whatever. We're not even going to that. But he's still the he's still a facilitator. He's still the defense has to respect his ability at some point. Because unlike the other guy, Simmons can I'm sorry, Harden could at least shoot from the perimeter. Whether or not he'll make it is a different story. But you have to at least respect it. When they had Simmons out there, he'd take a couple dribbles, stay at the three-point line, hold the ball, and look. He ain't, he ain't shooting. He's going to stand there and look at the ball. Somebody got to come get the ball out of his hands or he's going to pass it. And then he's going to become invisible. Like, I don't, understand, I don't understand how people can, with a straight face, look at me and tell me the Sixers did not win this trade or that they outright lost this trade. They had no choice. They Their hand was forced by a guy who what, whose feelings was hurt, who wasn't going to play and did not want to be in Philly, who has quit everywhere he's gone, including this year in Brooklyn. Because if he was ready to play in game three or four, oh, my back hurt. Like, and I'm not saying he didn't have a legitimate back injury, but his mental illness and mental triggers are going to be there until they're not. Listen, Chris, this is the... The Ben Simmons trade thing, I, I think it's a win-win for either team because you got each player got what they wanted. Cool. This you can make this the tag, the headline, whatever you want to do. This is the most important thing for Sixers, Chris. We mentioned it throughout the spot, but this is like the crux of the whole thing. If you keep hard and you don't, the Sixers need a complete rework this offseason to build a better bench. That's no, 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 no. no, no. Before you say role players, no, no, no. We know what Maury and Josh Harris, we talked about ownership. We know what they like to do. Out in all of them, they like to go after the star talent. We know we're going to see the rumors of Beal or Zach Levine or Trick. No. I, I, I love that. I know what's going to happen. It's inevitable, but I don't need that. I want to go get the role players, the guys that are going to come in and do what they need to do at home or away. I want the Jordan Clarkson. I want, I want the PJ Tuggers of the world. I want, like, people don't say this enough, but these role players are crucial. Come series. Guys who matter. They, I need, I'm tired of seeing star players because guess what happens? When a star player sit, who got to come in? Like, we, I'm tired of seeing it because this is what happened. We had a good start at five, and as soon as guys sat, we didn't have any – the offense was stagnant. They played two games with DeAndre Jordan in this Miami series, and the reason – if they play Paul Reed, they win one of those games. And Doc I'm is sorry. coming back. Doc's coming back. I understand that. I mean, I think that's hearsay. Maury has said a lot of things that's been fraudulent at times. But with Doc back, I think you still have a, a solid chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals if you build I, I, a I better bench. But Doc build a better to, bench. Doc also has to not be stubborn and stop playing these old decrepit guys. Like, we, I get it. That's he finally Maury is not bringing in these old dudes. That's what I, I no, know that no, means, no, but bro, just stop. When, no, stop. when when Daryl when Daryl when Daryl was on the uh on 97.5 or W one of them, he was on one of them, and they were asking about the Bob Mark. He said, Oh yeah, you guys are not gonna like this move. I don't think that was his call. I think that, that was, was a doc move. That was a doc move. Hey, like, down them that DeAndre Jordan, who's you tell 33, me, you tell me, but play like he's 43. A Lance Stevenson wouldn't have been a better pick. Oh, absolutely would have been better. You're telling me a Tyreek Evans off the street wouldn't have been better. You're telling you, I mean, like, why, why is DeAndre? I don't ever want to see DeAndre Jordan in this in, in the Wells Fargo Center ever again. 
ever. And these are the issues that come up with Doc. And I still think Doc is a good coach. I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah, Doc is a good coach, but damn, he takes forever to make I'm not going to embellish him and, or degrade him for the career he's had, but this has become the one focal point of Doc's problem. He plays players. older guys thinking that they're going to win you games because they have this experience like he does. But again, they get gassed out. DeAndre Jordan is 33 points like he's 43. He need to go back to eating protein. The vegan diet ain't working. I don't care if he's in shape. Yeah, it ain't working. He, he can't move. He can't do any. Like, it's bad. It's bad. Paul Millsap looked better during that first game one of this series than DeAndre Jordan did the entire two games he played. That's how bad it was. So, again, the crux of this whole podcast, probably the title is going to be build a better bet something along the line we need to rework this because this it's, it's got to be a lot i think though, chris the one thing i love to see and i don't know if harden loved to see because harden was looking a little pissed Tyrese maxi was in his face mad at the side of the bench pissed off because there was a lot of things that weren't going his way he went hard to shoot hard to shoot him. but maxi we got to keep him you know what we do not let maxi walk because maxi's got that little that rottweiler right now he's, he's growing into his own dog he's finally coming into his form he had a horrible game we understand that, but again, that's a lot of pressure on a, on a two-year guy coming in that wants to that wants to be it. He's not ready to be it yet. I think this this third year is going to be a good step for him now that we know where we're going and the direction we're headed. But I think Chris, I'm gonna be super realistic. This year, coming out of the season, this, this year and the following year, the last two, we might see them be with the Sixers if things don't change. I know he talks about he wants to be there the rest of his career, but that's hearsay if you're not winning. If you're stuck in this level of mediocrity and you're going on 30, because there's only two years left, he's going on 30, I think that changes everything. You put things in perspective when it comes to legacy and winning a championship. And it just won't be with Philadelphia if we don't get things right. If the shit yeah, doesn't go in the direction you want to go. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's – I don't think – his body might have four or five more years left, but I think he's going to be here. Like, I don't think they're going to move. I think he'll leave. If come 30, if we're, if we're still a two-seed and out – we, he's never seen the Eastern Conference Finals. I think he's going to make a decision that's best for his career. And it's going to hurt us as fans, but we'll as long as he doesn't do it in the, the Ben Simmons fashion, I'll be fine. Who? Oh, my fault. I forgot your favorite player. is not your favorite player anymore. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on to the other series that's over now, Memphis and Golden State. Game 6, Clay showed up. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. <laughs> That was hilarious. I'm not gonna lie to you. Was, I like this series. It's just sad the series is a semifinals uh, instead of a conference finals. I, I, listen, I, I think Memphis has a, has a bright future, but I didn't think it was their time yet. No, they, um, they're a year ahead. They're a year ahead. I thought I thought the series would be over in five, but Golden State slept walk to game game five. They were losing by fifty five. What the like? What the slept, just did not show up. Looked very sixer like. That this poor shooting is, is going to be the downfall of them if they end up playing the Suns in the conference finals. If they end up playing the Suns, we yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, game seven between Suns and Mavs is going to be one of the best. Same with the, the Celtics and Bucks. I don't really, I, I can't root for the Celtics, so you know, I'm rooting for the Bucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't root for the Celtics. And then, if anything, I might even end up just rooting for the Heat because I don't want to root for the Bucks again. I don't want to root for the Heat either. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather root for Jimmy. That was my. I like. I'm a, I'm a Jimmy Butler uh, fan. I'm not uh, gonna lie. Nah, I miss the, I miss Jimmy Butler. I miss Jimmy Butler. Former Sixer, but uh, I like to see him if, you gun, if you put a gun to my head and tell me who am I rooting for, who's left in the playoffs, it's probably Golden State. Oh yeah, no, no. I remember. I, I think we already talked about. It. We both have Golden State winning the finals. I think I, I got Golden State winning the West. I think I think Golden State wins the finals. 
if they make it to the the title, if let's say for instance it's Warriors versus Heat, I think they they beat the Heat in six. Warriors versus Bucks, I think they beat the Bucks in seven. I just don't, don't. I look at the Bucks and I'm like, man, I don't think the Bucks come out. To be honest, I think it's going to be Celtics versus Miami for the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's going to be a tough series, but I think the Celtics might win that one. Then I'm a little nervous. I'm really rooting for the Warriors then because I do not want to see Boston win a championship. Going to work would be a drag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, just, I have nothing. I'm not emotionally invested in none of these series like I was in that Miami series. Well, it's because your team was there. Chris, you're, you're a wholly biased Sixers fan. Me, I love the best sport of basketball. And I'm biased for Sixers at times when we actually win. Uh, Football's uh, upon us. Hey, maybe the Eagles will do, do you good this year. Listen, don't even. Don't even. Don't even. Coming don't soon? Even, don't even go there. So, we look at Memphis, Golden State. Like we said, Memphis was a year ahead. I think they have a lot of potential. Um... But Golden State, I think is this, I think this is you know shaping up to be their year. Dallas and Phoenix going to a game seven. <laughs> you know, you want to make a prediction, Jared? I got the Suns. Got the Suns winning. I got the Suns winning again. It, I have to see who I got to see who's in this game because they throw Scott Foster out. There. Well, Scott Foster has COVID. I don't think he's. I don't think he's out with COVID. No, 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 no. It was a non. COVID oh, non-COVID. Uh, I don't think he'll be there, but um, I don't think he'll be there. But even if he is, this player guys play better at home. That's why you love having home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Guys like Campaign, Cameron Johnson, the tag team duo of Bizzard and Beyond with JaVale McGee, which has actually been working out for the Sun. It's like yeah. those guys play so much better and Phoenix than they do and Dallas. And for some reason, and, and vice versa, Dallas guys play Dallas Dallas home, plays way better at home, which is like they love that. Bullock, they disappear. Uh, Smith Dylan and them disappear when they go to Phoenix. So it's like it's really about who, which role players step up. And I'm really just, I see the Suns really taking this one out. I think they're just going to get this W. It's not, not going to be a, a blood or anything in that manner, but it's, it's going to be the W that they're like, all right, we can put our hats on and say we won this one. We'll go, we'll go look for the Warriors later on. Right, and then so I think the Celtics are going to win against the Bucks. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, I do. I just like I've seen enough of this team without Chris Middleton to know that the Bucks just they don't have the scoring. They don't. I have the I have the complete opposite. I think Milwaukee has this. I think Milwaukee wins Game Seven because I think that when it comes down to it, you know, the best player when the best team shows up, and I think the best player on the best team is Giannis. Now I know Tatum. I know Tatum can score. I know Brown can score. I know these, but look at Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday took Marcus Smart lunch money twice in games uh, five. You know, at the end of the game, just took it twice. Giannis putting up crazy numbers. He's going to get his points. Do I think that Tatum can score thirty in the second half again? I don't know. You know, do I think that? That Horford can put up thirty in a you know a game again. I don't know, but I know Milwaukee has the best player on you know a team that is tailor made for him. If guys make shots, I think that team wins. I think it's Milwaukee, Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals again, and I think it's Phoenix, Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Would you care to? But you have my so you have Miami, Boston. And I'm in Miami, Milwaukee. So, Jared, Miami, Boston. Uh, would you like to make a, a prediction on that? 
Boston. In I hate that. I got Boston in six. I have Milwaukee in six. So we both have Miami losing in six. Yeah, I don't Miami cool. They beat the Sixers because they were a better team than the Sixers, but looking at that roster. Miami, Miami, all right. They don't have great. the star. Like, they don't have the star. And B was 65%. I don't know what percent Harden was at, but they, they don't have the star. Well, Jimmy can't keep playing the way Jimmy was playing. And Max Struess and uh, I don't know what's going on with Victor Odipo or Tyler. They're not. But it's not, like, but it's not like, like Jimmy Butler had great numbers. But like if you looked at the lot of them games, like Jimmy Butler was taking. Um, like, see, you're you're going into the United Sixers. I'm talking about just defense. Sixers defense is nowhere near Boston. Boston defense. No, no, not. not at all, not at all. But I'm saying, even with the Sixers defense being lackluster, Jimmy Butler took 80 shots. Yeah, it was it was bad. He was bound to make you know, at least 35 of them. Like he took so 80 I'm shots. Like, I'm not. So I'm just like, man, Boston defense is legit right now. It's legit because they, if they, they can't keep Giannis in check, but they're keeping everybody else on that Bucks team in check. I mean, so it's like keep, they'll do the same. Keep Giannis in check. He's seven. So they'll eight. do the same thing for the Heat, where it's just like Jimmy could go off, sure, but Bam's not gonna eat. Victor Deal's not gonna eat. Hold Tal Hero to under twenty. Oh man, now you got yourself a nice little old Celtics blowout because you're not stopping Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and now an emerged Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. You're not doing it. So unfortunately, I don't even. I think Boston goes comes out and sees the finals this year. I'm hoping otherwise. I'm really hoping I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe if I make this prediction, they end up, you know, losing mm-hmm. to the Bucks. But um, right now, I'm like, this is Boston's literally Eastern Conference to lose. And then how about Golden State Phoenix? I think Golden State goes all the way. Everyone's the final. So you got Golden State and how many games over Phoenix? Give me six just to be safe. Okay, I have I have that as well. Yeah, give me six just to be safe. I don't know. I don't know what Warriors we're going to be getting. Are we getting a Game five, Stinker Warriors, the first couple of games, or are we actually going to get playoff play game six Warriors like every every other game or something like that? I don't know what we're getting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very uh, unpredictable at this point. Um, the Warriors are very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're very schizophrenic. You know, like, <laughs> they're very schizophrenic. Like, I, there's just shout out Jordan Poole, who I think really should have been most improved player. Uh, no offense to John Moran. I think John Moran was a hell of a player. Yeah, I don't think John Moran should have won that. Like, I, don't think- hard. I, I know he went from, what, 19 to 27 points, but you missed 22 games and your team went 22 without you. Jordan Poole shot up in points, shot up in scoring. The dude, look what he's done. In the, and, again, playoffs don't count towards regular season wars, but, man, look what he's done. Man's oh. balling. He's balling. Jordan Poole is one of my favorite players now. He's balling. Speaking of playoffs not playoffs not counting to regular season wars, do you want to talk about the MVP? Um, we I mean, we already talked about that Jokic was gonna win. Did yes. I? And then you you didn't believe me as much as I told you, but I told you it was gonna be a win. I, I believed it. I, yeah, I, I told you no. We I, I held out a little bit of hope. You I, had a hope that it wasn't gonna be a landslide. I was like, no, Chris, it's a landslide where advanced analytics wins more than the eye test. What we see in the ball court does not mean for the voters because again, voters are biased. They are they're not always gonna vote the way that they should actually vote. They just want to vote for the favorite player that they have or that what the stats tell them who they should vote for because if a guy is putting up a DPA of whatever or, or a TPA of 55% or something like but that. But don't don't forget about his, like, don't forget don't forget about the VORP and the Raptor. Yeah, and so the and, and Jokic so literally kills that. in every category for advanced analytics because one is the only player doing it. he's by himself. But I think I tweeted out and said Nicole Jokic winning this MVP was like number one in the Lion King too. His first MVP, he did it by himself. You got it. He did that. 
I own, we owned that. We said, yo, Jokic was the best player this year. It's a repeat, same record, repeat of last year, because we knew these two guys weren't going to play again. Put up the same numbers. It's the Lion King 2 was literally a remake of Lion King 1, the same plot with just two different characters. That's all Jokic did this season. And he lost in the same fashion. So I'm just like, the MVP voting at this point is a wash for me. We see how it's just storylines instead of actually watching the player. Like a lot of these, a lot of it is just, you know, let's go check out some highlights of who's in the running for MVP. And it is what it is. I Hopefully it starts to be scrutinized more and looked at. Maybe this is something we talked about before. Players can get involved in MVP voting just a little bit. I'm not saying a huge percentage, but players should be able to vote when they appear. So they think it's MVP. I'm, I mean, why, why aren't they? They're the ones actually playing and throwing their bodies on the line for the game. Why not be able to let them vote on their peers instead of us as analysts and reporters doing it, having a sole majority of it. But we'll see how it goes. I digress because it, it's it, the MVP award. Shout out to Jokic. I still think he's one of the best centers in the league. It's 1A, 1A2 with him and Embiid. So at least another big man got it again. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, anything else you want to tackle before we kind of wrap it up? Um, hopefully the Sixers can go to the Eastern Conference Finals next season. Hopefully the Sixers can win a title before I die. When we talk about the Eagles, I'm loving this semi-cake schedule. Hopefully the Eagles can win the division. I'm not saying they win the East or the uh, NFC East or anything. I mean, the NFC, I mean the NFC, but at least they can hopefully win the division because, you know, the, the NFC East curse. Nobody can win back-to-back division, so hopefully the Eagles win it this year. Mm-hmm. I like our chances. James Bradbury is a free agent. We'll talk about that soon. Hopefully the Eagles make yeah, a push for James I, Bradbury. I don't love it, but I would love to have him. The Phillies, you know, beat the stink. Dodgers last night. Stink. Phillies stink. I remember Bryce Harper had a good game. He's almost at 300th career home yeah. runs. The Phillies under 30. Stink. Don't even oh, – please don't get me started. But I'm just saying, for Bryce Harper to almost have 300 home runs in his career and under 30, that's an astonishing feat. Amazing. Like he was MVP for a reason last year. Philly stink, though. Unfortunately, our record does not showcase his greatness, as they, usual. They stink. Philly teams do what Philly teams do. Dis- disappointing me every day, day after day. <laughs> that should be the tagline right there for Instagram. That should be the tagline right there. <laughs> day after day after day after day. Philly teams, after, the after mediocrity day. of it all. I'm just perpetual hell. Just this place. <laughs> Just, but that's it for me, y'all. I think that we this is a nice episode. Yeah, if you if you like what you hear, tell a friend to tell a friend to at the Sixers and tell them to make some changes. Also, follow us on all your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. Uh, make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW Hughes. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter because I'm making a rise on Twitter, Chris. You know, I'm coming up in the little Twitter world. Almost at 500 followers. Don't know how it's happened. I just be really chatting on Twitter. Just be saying. Yeah, you, 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 you tweet like you the ESPN bot, bro. I gotta, gotta. I speak my mind sometimes about how the downfall of the Sixers is just ruined me mentally and physically. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't about mentally or physically. You know, you look like you're in good shape. You know, you're, no, big, you strong think, man. But big strong man. The Sixers have ruined me. I mean, I really thought we had something going for us after we won those two games. But I should, I should have known. I should have known. I've seen this movie time and time again. <laughs> get your hopes up, get up, and then just. Crash and burn. I aspire to be the best on Twitter, like my fellow co-host at Chris Cross, who is a Twitter uh, savant. That uh, man is a Twitter uh, legend. I just want uh, to let y'all know. I don't know the stories, but he's a Twitter legend. He, uh, I, I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty calm on Twitter now. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's that's a false accusation, but he, he's one of the best. One of the best in the business. 
if, if Twitter was ever looking to hire, they should hire. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy where I'm at now. Um, however, make sure you follow the Instagram page. Make sure you follow our Twitter page as well. And and tell a friend, tell a friend to tune in. And uh, you know, leave us a review if you like what you hear. Just you know, let us know. We'll be back sometime within the conference finals. Talk a little bit more. We'll talk. We'll dive a little bit deeper into some some NFL news, some baseball. Drafts will be coming up soon, so Jared will be happy about that, right? You know me in the draft. I can't wait. I already got I already got my mock drafts already up. Nice, just nice. <laughs> just, just. I'm gonna I'm gonna go edit this podcast now. All right, all right, all right. Let's get it.